as I said a while ago, we're in the topic in the book of Nehemiah, and today we're going to be dealing with our God will fight for us. Isn't it great to know that you have a God that's in your corner, that he loves you and he cares for you? He's got your back. You know, there are a lot of people that will tell you they have your back, but I can assure you that there's one who is faithful who will always have your back in whatever battle you're facing. And you know, there, there is an enemy out here in this battle. <laughs> He's real. He doesn't fight fair. And he, he does a lot of things off of feelings. And he tries to make you feel like that God's not in your corner and that God doesn't even care about you. But the reality is our God is with us and our God will fight for us. And so I encourage you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 4. We're going to pick up in this story uh, beginning in verse 7 and go through the end of the chapter. It's a great passage. We're going to learn a lot hopefully today. I know I love uh, looking at this and studying it throughout the week to be ready to share you, with you the truths of it. And so let's begin in verse 7 of chapter 4 of Nehemiah. It picks up and it says, Now when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites, and the Mosquito Bites, and all of those other people. No, I didn't say that part. But all of them heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem went on and that the breaches began to be closed. They were happy. Whoa. They were not happy. They were very angry. And all of them conspired together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause a disturbance in it. But we prayed to our God, and because of them, we set up a guard against them day and night. And thus in Judah, we're talking about singing about of the tribe of Judah. Thus in Judah, it was said, the strength of the burden bearers is failing, yet there is much rubbish, much dust. And we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. And our enemies said, they will not know or see until we come among them, kill them, and put a stop to the work. And when the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times, wow, that was pretty amazing, ten times they came with that message, they will come up against us from every place where you may turn. And then I stationed men in the lowest parts of the space, behind the wall, the exposed places, and I stationed the people in families with their swords, spears, and bows, and when I saw their fear, I rose up and I spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. And I said to them, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plans, then all of us returned to the wall, each one to his work. And from that day on, half of my servants carried on the work, while half of them held the spears, the shields, the bows, and the breastplates. And the captains were behind the whole house of Judah. And those who were rebuilding the wall and those who carried burdens took their load with one hand doing their work, and the other holding a weapon. 
And as for the builders, each uh, wore his sword girded at his side as he built, while the tempter stood near me. And I, uh, not the tempter, the trumpeter, <laughs> let me get that right, while the trumpeter stood near me. Trumpeter has a purpose. I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated on the wall far from one another. At whatever place you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. And here's where I got the title. Our God will fight for us. So we carried on the work, and half of them holding spears from dawn until the stars appeared. And at that time, I also said to the people, let each man with his uh, servants spend the night within Jerusalem so that they may be on guard for us by night and a laborer by day. So neither I, my brothers, my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us removed our clothes. Each took his weapon even to the water. Now some translations say in that last verse that you know, we, none of us removed our clothes except to go wash them. Which if you're in a battle and you're working that hard, you would appreciate if your neighbor was washing their clothes. Amen? That's right. Because you would say, behold, he stinketh by now. And you know, there's another passage of that in the scripture. We're fighting a battle. We're fighting a battle every day. And you know, at the beginning of this uh, month, you remember it was, I believe it was October the 1st. That I stood here and talked to you about we're going to be going through this book of Nehemiah. And I challenged you to join with me to kneel every day for the next 30 days through the month of October as we pray. Because that was the first sermon was about they had to kneel and confess we have sinned and confess that personal sin. And I, you know what? When... When we begin to kneel and fight the battle, that's how we fight it. But when we begin to kneel and pray, then the enemy takes notice even more. And I love the fact that we've been doing our, our ladies' Bible studies and the power of it. And I heard one of our ladies sharing that she's learned more about the power of the Holy Spirit and, than she's ever learned in her life. And you know, that's our weapon that we have, that sword, is the very Word of God. And you know, we're going to be looking at a little bit of that as we go through this text, but we have, the, we have the greatest one, and we have the greatest weapon. And so we're going to see this as we uncover this passage this morning. First thing that I want you to, that the Lord spoke to me about in this text is this. The first point. When we are building, expect a fight from the enemy. When we are building, and we're going to be building a church eventually, and we're going to be, and we're building his kingdom, but when, you, when we're building, you can almost count on it. Expect a fight from the enemy. And you know why the enemy is going to be fighting us? Because the enemy does not want us to be advancing the kingdom of God. The enemy does not want us to be setting up a facility and a, a place to where people are going to come and lives are going to be touched and lives are going to be changed. And so you can almost count on it. If you're going to be doing something that's going to make a spiritual difference and for the kingdom of God, you can almost expect the enemy is going to, he's going to fight you on it. 
And that's exactly what happened here to Nehemiah and them. Sanballat, Tobiah, man, the Arabs, several others, they conspired together to come together to fight against Nehemiah and all of those people that were going to be rebuilding the walls there. This week I had a guy that was, he drove by my house and he saw me in the yard and he came back and we talked for about 30 to 45 minutes in, in my front yard. And he, he was just talking about the things of this world and, and how the world was just getting rougher and tougher. And, and he said, I'm going to tell you, he said, we need to be watching out for Russia. And he said, we need to be watching out for this. And, and I said, well, you're talking about Gog and Magog. We're talking Russia and China in the final days are going to come and fight against a little old place called Israel. Well, listen, it's been, it's been from the get-go, and we see it in the Old Testament, and it's repeated in the New Testament, and it is still yet to come, y'all. The enemy does not like the people of God. The enemy has, he hates Israel. He hates what's happening over there. And he's going to come against them. And isn't it amazing, out of all the places in the world, that God chooses to pick little old Israel to make his covenant with? And how is it this little old country is able to still exist? How are they? And I've always said this. It, it talks in the Bible about uh, making sure you're a friend to Israel. Always making sure. And that's why any leadership that is backing Israel is the leadership we better be following. And I'm going to tell you why. Because if you come against Israel and God's people, who are you coming against? You're coming against God. And according to this passage... Nehemiah understood something. Our God will fight for us. <laughs> Our God's going to fight for us, and he has done it throughout history. And he has repeated it many times. I was even reading this week how, how the, they were there in the, in the book of Samuel, and, and the lepers were about to die, and the lepers decided, hey, we're just going to go over to the enemy and we'll get their food, and, and if, we, if they don't feed us, they'll just kill us because we're going to die anyway. That was their strategy. <laughs> and so we might as well go on over there. We'll either die, die then when they kill us or see us, or they're going to feed us and we'll live. And what happened? They, the Lord in the night had made the enemy hear the sound of an army coming. And for the fear of their life, they got up in the night and they fled and they left everything there. They, left, they didn't even pack anything. They just said, let's run for it, boys. We better get out of here because these armies are coming. They're about to kill us. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's how God works. Because God, you know, we've got a pretty good sound system. But God, in his own sound effects, made that army think that these mighty armies were about to come down on them. And so they fled. So these lepers walk up and they go, look at here, look at all this stuff. And they went and they got it and they gathered it and they, they just started and some of them took and hid it and buried it and said, this is good. But then they finally said, this isn't good. We need to report it back to our king. And they did. And the king said, oh, it's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> he, 
You know, they're, they're setting you up because they want us to come out there and then they're going to attack us. But they did send some people to check it out and sure enough, it wasn't a trap. And God provided all the food because, see, Israel was in a famine at that time and, and people were having to pay outlandish prices for food. And God said, I'll show you how I can fight. Not, he didn't even lift a feather. He just caused the sound effects to happen. Wow. So when we are building, and listen, we are. We've already got the property. You know, there, there have already been people that doesn't like us being out there. Did you know that? They have shown up in our county buildings. Oh, we're not against you. Oh, no, 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 no. We're not against the church. No, 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 no. We just don't want you as our neighbor. Whoa! Who wouldn't want a church as your neighbor? Who wouldn't? But listen, are the people out there in that area that don't want us, are they our enemy? No. It's just God showing us that the real enemy is the one behind the scenes who's the one who is getting them to just be a voice to such things. All right, so expect it, expect it. All right, so here's the next thing. If we're going to have a fight, then the question comes, how do we prepare for a fight? And here's the answers. Pray to God and be on guard. It's in our text right here. Verse 9, he says, but we pray to our God. If you're going to go into a fight and a battle, the first and foremost thing that e any of us should do is pray. Before you, listen, every day is a battle. Every day as a believer, you and I are waking up in enemy territory. We're behind enemy lines, y'all. We, we, we try to think sometimes this world is our home, but it's not. Every morning, you and I are waking up in enemy territory. So, you know, I watched several football games yesterday. I did not watch any game to where the players did not put on their helmet, their shoulder pads, all their guard stuff, their knee pads, every piece of equipment, their shoes. None of them played barefooted that I saw. Every one of them put on their equipment to play that game. Why? Because they had an opponent that they were going to face. Now, how do you think the games would have went that if one team had had on their full uniform and the other team hadn't wore anything except their shorts? How do you think that game would have gone? That would have been a pretty bad beatdown. That was a beatdown anyway. That was a beatdown. But it would have been a real bad beatdown if they hadn't had their equipment on now, let me, sh I've shared all that. The Spirit's leading in all this to let you see, uh, you and I see something. What's going to happen to us if we get up in enemy territory and go out into this world on a daily basis and we don't have our equipment on? What's going to happen to us? That's why in Ephesians, Paul says, put on the armor of God. Put it on every day. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and then the sword, the word of God. 
Every day we're to put it on. But you know what? I have been as guilty as anybody to where I've had many days to where I went out there to fight the battle without the equipment. And what usually ha has happened is I have gotten my tail whipped. And I've had to run off the playing field with my head down and defeated. And I don't think I'm alone in that. Because usually the enemy doesn't play fair and he's come for a fight. He doesn't have to fight against unbelievers. He's already got them. He's already got them under his domain. So who is he coming after? He's coming after you as a believer in Christ. So how do we prepare? We pray to God and then we be on guard. Be on guard. Nehemiah set up a guard. And I, I pulled up the, this verse to remind us of this truth. In Psalms 127 verse 1 it says this. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman, he keeps awake in vain. Those are there's some two powerful truths there. Why? Because it's God who's going to build this church. It's God who's going to build his kingdom. Unless the Lord builds it, hey, <laughs> we're laboring in vain. It's the Lord's work. And then the other part, the watchman, unless the Lord guards the city... The watchman, he stays awake in vain. And he goes on to say in Psalms 127 verse 2, he says, even God gives to his beloved even in their sleep. I love that. In other words, ooh, I can go to bed tonight and the Lord is given to me as I sleep. Whew, you probably didn't think about that, did you? But he gives to his beloved even in their sleep. So you mean, if you, you might not have slept much last night, but if you, if you slept any, the Lord was given to you even in your sleep. But that's how we do it. That's how we realize it. The Lord's the one who builds. The Lord's the one who guards. So that's who we're relying on. But Nehemiah instructed and set up a guard around. And, and it's talked about in this passage. And here's the next truth that came to me in this passage. When we are building... Expect the enemy to use fear. To use fear. Fear is a weapon that he, he brings against us. I remember years ago we had a, a youth event, a rescue. We always had them every year. And one of them was called the fear factor. And the, but it's the fear that the enemy uses as one of his greatest weapons that he uses to come against the people of God. He used it right here. He used it in this, in this tactics right here. And the fear came to them when, they, when the people heard that all these armies were coming against them. And then listen, the words from Judah came. Now this wasn't Judah who was one of the twelve. This was the leadership that was speaking from the tribe of Judah, which Judah was considered the, one of the strongest tribes that represented. They had the most valiant of warriors. So when this passage comes, that when Judah said, notice what Judah said, the strength of our burden bearers is failing. And we ourselves, and yet there is much rubbish, and we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. Notice there's three things that Judah says right here that's almost 
pretty revealing. He says right off the bat, he said, we're tired. We're tired. We've, we've, already, we've been out here and we've been working. And he said, the strength of the burden bearers is failing. We're tired. So listen, the time's going to come when we go to building, that there's going to come that moment that we're going to go, we're tired. We're tired. Somebody, somebody in a leader role is going to say, we're tired. All right? It's going to happen. You ever been on that job site? We're tired. Hey, well, we, we just can't go on. Then the, uh, then the next thing, there's much rubbish. In other words, there's more work here than we'd expected. There's a lot more work here. <laughs> you ever got into a job and you went, oh, man. I just thought it was bad until I got into it and it was worse than I thought. I, you know, we watched that Fixer Upper show. My, love, my wife loves them. You know, and we watch Fixer Upper. But sometimes they get in on a job and they go, whoo, this is a lot more than we expected. And it costs a lot more than you expect once you find out too. But hey, yet there is much rubbish. There's just dust here. There's more work than we expected. And then next, the leader said, finally, he just came out and said, we ourselves are unable to rebuild a wall. Now, wow. Now, that's not what you would want to hear or expect to hear from your leaders in the midst of that. Hey, we're tired. It's more work than we expected, and we can't do it. We just can't finish this work. We can't do it. Well, so that's one part of the fear that was coming in. And then notice down here, Nehemiah brings up the point in verse 14. He says, when I saw their fear, I rose and I spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. So as a, in Nehemiah in a leadership role was put in that position to speak encouragement into the people. One of the key leaders had spoken some of these words, and so Nehemiah is the, is the governor, the, the one over this entire project, had to, had to remind them of, of two very important things. And so it brings us to this point. Expect the enemy to bring fear, so the next question comes, how do we fight fear? How do we fight fear? And here it is. Number one, remember who we fight under. And second, remember who we fight for. It's right here in the text, y'all. Remember who we fight under. Who are we fighting under? The Lord. The Lord's fighting our battle. Listen. When you're, when you're fighting under the authority of the Lord God Almighty, you don't have to fear man. Why would we be afraid of a man who's going to die? Hmm. He's going to die. I'm going to tell you, the scripture says, do not fear who, the one who can destroy your body but fear him who can destroy both body and soul. Now that's only one, and that's the Lord God Almighty. And so we got to remember who we're fighting under. And so I'm like, whoo, whoo. That's when you, the choo-choo train goes, choo-choo. Here we go, all aboard. 
because we're fighting under the Lord God Almighty. And notice what this passage says. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Remember him. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. That's who we're fighting under. And see, that's what's going to encourage us when that fear factor comes. And listen, I'm going to be honest. When, when you get ready and you look at the project that we got ahead of us, there could be a whole lot of fear that could come up. Well, what about this? What about that? What about all that? Fear, fear, fear. But then on the other hand, what about who do we under? God. So it's faith. And what we're going to see, and I've, I've, I've preached it, you've heard me say it, fear and faith cannot coexist. You're either going to have fear or you're going to have faith. But the two cannot mingle together. So when you're fighting your battle of cancer, you're either going to have fear, oh, I'm going to die any minute now, or you're either going to have faith that, hey, every day is a day that I have with the Lord. Fear and faith, they're, they're not going to come together here. And so the enemy gets you and I to operate out of fear. God's over here saying, you need to walk by faith. You see that difference? You see when you face that battle that you've got coming up, and whether it's a physical thing, whether it's a spiritual thing, it's always going to be between fear and faith. So remember who you fight under. Who's your captain? Who's your captain? He's God, buddy. I'm going to tell you what. We sung about it a while ago. He's the Lion of Judah. He's the Lamb of God. And he fights our battles for us. So remember, who's your captain? Because this captain has never lost a battle. Ooh, I, I tell you what, man. I just love that about God, don't you? You just love that about this text. And then the next, remember who we fight for. Notice what he says there. He says, and, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. That's very personal. We're fighting for our brothers. We're fighting for our sisters. We're fighting for our sons. We're fighting for our daughters. We're fighting for our houses. In other words, this was a personal, remember who you are fighting for. And you know what? In this journey that we've got called Gratis Church and building the kingdom and meeting here on Sunday mornings for the last six years and having that property on Perry Smith Road, I was out there Thursday and had the wonderful privilege to sit on that tractor and cut that grass. Hallelujah, man, I love it. Because every time I do it, I'm reminded of the promises of God. And I'm reminded when I see that sign, future home of Gratis Church. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And you know what? I'd only cut a few passes, and I was right there in that road, and, and all of a sudden, here comes a car by that's turning in the neighborhood. And there's a little bitty boy, about eight or nine years old, that was here a while ago, but he's gone to play ball now. And he put his head out that window, and he was waving like this at me to make sure I saw him. And that little boy... And his family came to church on a Sunday morning. And Hannah, you were baptized that day. And two others. 
And that little boy saw that, and that Tuesday, Monday night, he asked Jesus in his heart. And then he was baptized in this church right over here. And you know what God reminded me in that moment? I'm talking about, you know who I'm talking about. But the, what the Lord reminded me of was, remember who you fight for. That little boy, that little boy is who you're fighting for. That little boy right there. Because I'm going, Lord, I might not ever, this thing is going to way outlive me. Because I might not ever see the final results. But that little boy is going to be used in your kingdom in a place called gratis. And then remember who we're fighting for. Remember your children. Remember our grandchildren. And the, when we've been on that property and we've thought about, I can rem and I hope and pray I can see the day when they're baptized. And just remember who and what we are fighting for. Man, passing that faith along to them. Man, that was a great reminder. And I tell you what, I, was, I felt like I was floating on cloud nine out there. You know what? And then the old enemy made me hit all kinds of stumps and roots. And I was like, oh. But I thought, it don't matter, Lord. It don't matter, Lord. We're just going to keep going. You know what? I said, well, heck, if this, if this more breaks, we'll just get another one. But we're going to keep on going. Remember who we're fighting for. Now look at all these babies that have been born at gratis. Remember who we're fighting for. Listen, y'all, that's, that's it. And it brings me to our last point of knowing the reality of our God will fight for us. Because you see, God frustrated the enemy's plans. God frustrated the enemy's plans. All of them neighboring Jews that were near him heard about it, and 10 times they came over there and they reported it to him. So the word got out that they were going to do what they were going to do, and so Nehemiah was able to round up the people and put everybody together inform his parties and he had them he had some building and some with the swords and some were building and others had the, the weapons ready to go to war and that's how they were stationed and it was a pretty pretty big project so big that nehemiah he carried that old trumpeter next to him because if they got in a situation that they saw the enemy was coming he would he would get them to sound the alarm and everybody would drop their work of what they were doing. And then they would run to that spot for the battle. But Nehemiah reminded them, even in that moment, remember this. Our God will fight for us. Guess what? They set up. They kept working. They kept building. One would carry something with his hand. One had the weapon in his hands, but every worker, every builder had the sword. Every builder had the sword. Every builder carried the sword. And you know what that sword is? That sword is my reminder. That's my weapon. It's the word of the living God. So everywhere I go into this world and every day where I step and you step, when you have on that armor of God, you've got the Word of God. And so every day, 
you carry the good news of the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ with you from day to day. You have the mind of Christ. Your heart is protected by his breastplate of righteousness. Your belt is the truth so that when your feelings tell you one thing, truth tells you another. And these shoes, these boots, these whatever flops you have might own, they're your shoes that where you carry the gospel of peace everywhere you go. So whenever we continue on in this battle called life, we remember our God will fight for us. Isn't that a good word for us at this time in our life, in our church? And is this a good word for you personally? Perhaps you or somebody in this room that doesn't feel like God will fight for you. I want to tell you this truth. God has already fought for you. God, God has already won the battle for you. God has already extended his hands of love, grace, and mercy for you. The question is, have you received it? And listen, that's the, that's the big, most important decision you and I will ever make. It's trusting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That begins this battle in this journey of faith. And so perhaps for you in a moment, we're going we're gonna to have a song. And Caleb, I'm going to get you to do that come to the altar song. You got that plan? And I'm going to have us all stand. I'm going to invite some of you to come that are dealing with a battle in your life. I'm going to invite you to come and kneel at this altar. Because that's what the words of this song have been saying for weeks now to us. And we're going to open up this time of invitation for some of you that have been dealing with a battle for so long. But you need to come and kneel at this altar. And you need to surrender it to Jesus. Surrender it all. All to Jesus. I surrender. I surrender all. This past week, I closed with this. I was reading... Uh, some books, uh, I got several books from a brother's dad who passed away recently. And some of those books are classics, classics. And one of them is, is, a, is four volumes on the book of Romans. <laughs> so I've been reading this on the side and I'm like, oh man, why am I getting into this? And I just can't help it. You know, it's wanting to know more about God. But this author named Donald Barnhouse, very conservative, evangelical Presbyterian by the way but he said this and I'll quote it put it up on the board for us here came across this so when we go to fight remember this God never mingles his power with ours only when we recognize our absolute nothingness does he work in full power God never mingles his power with ours. And only when we recognize our absolute nothingness. God, we can't do it. We can't do it. But you can. Our God will fight for us. Let's pray.